Hello and welcome. This is Friend Request. I'm your host, Justin Lamb, and this is episode 44 with my friend Alex. This is another in the former co-worker category, and I think we had a great conversation. There's a little bit of audio interference. Um, I think Alex had a TV on at some point and didn't know it. Um, but stay tuned after the episode when... Jenny Helms, clinical marriage and family therapist and friend of the podcast, stops by to answer some of your listener questions. Uh, this will be the first of many little tags on the end of the episode where Jenny answers your guys' questions. So keep them coming. If you have questions for Jenny, you can submit them at justinsfriendrequest at gmail.com, or you can message me on any social media, friend request pod, Facebook, Instagram, whatever you want to do. Without further ado, enjoy Alex. Hi. Hey, what's up? <laughs> Nothing, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for doing this. Haven't talked to you in a long ass time. Yeah, it's been a, a few years at least. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's good. Um, how you been, <laughs> generally uh, not, speaking? <laughs> not bad. Can't complain. Yeah. Uh, you, like many other people, I, I've met at Best Buy. Yes. Uh, from the almost a decade of my life. Um, right. And, yeah, I mean, I think we've gone to some events together out of bars and whatnot. But yeah. But that's uh, I think that's the extent of it. Pretty much, yeah. So, I don't know a whole lot about you. Uh, I already have curiosity questions I'll get to, but... <laughs> Fair enough. I usually start out with how I know people. Like I said, I, I know you from Best Buy, and, and that's kind of where it ends. Uh, I did find out just through, like, Facebook, where we're only, like, a few, less than three months apart, birth-wise. Yeah, I'm actually way older than I look. <laughs> I, I figured you were around my age. I actually thought you were younger than me. Well, I mean... <laughs> but, I mean, jumping back to 83, what uh, what's life like when you're born? Do you have any siblings? Yeah, I've got a younger brother, um, three years younger. Okay. Um, good kid, lives in Texas, works for Apple. So you're um, the older brother. You're my yeah. nemesis. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know. He, he's the more successful one of the two of us. That's all right. <laughs> yeah, the reverse, I think, is, is true with my family. Though it depends, I suppose, on what you gauge success on. But <laughs> Well, he, he's a good kid, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. See, I can't say that. Um. <laughs> yeah, I, I've, I've witnessed a little bit of it. Oh, yeah. We, we, we make everything public. Um, <laughs> that's okay. Um, so, did you grow up in Michigan? Yeah. Okay. Born and raised all my life um, inside uh, the same general area. Yeah. I was born in uh, Clinton Township. Well, I was born in Warren, but lived yeah. in Clinton Township when yeah. I was a kid, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I always, it's, people always answer that the same way. They're like, well, I was born in Pontiac, but I grew up in... I was like, yeah, not the hospital. I, I understand you weren't born in your house. <laughs> yeah, it, it's just weird, though, because it seems like an oddly long drive, considering <laughs> yeah. where I grew up. <laughs> Warren, really? Well, I got to think in, like, the early 80s, there wasn't really... I mean, that that whole area wasn't built up nearly as much as it is now. No, no, I don't. I don't think Crittenden was there. Yeah, so that like, would have been that might have been and, the closest hospital. <laughs> well, no, St. John's would have been there. St. John's is still at like what seventeen and Garfieldish. Yeah, I'm never out there. that way. 
Uh, rarely am I, but I mean, that's where I grew up. But that, like, that, that was actually like right next to my dad's dental office when he was uh, still living in the state. Um, so like that would have been closer, but I guess their doctor was in out of Warren or something yeah. like that. No well, that, that will kind of the the dad's dental office might segue here. What did your parents do when you were young? Uh, <laughs> dad was a dentist, mom's a <laughs> dental hygienist. Oh wow! Did they meet that yeah. way? Oh yeah, <laughs> met, met at uh, U of D. Nice, yeah. nice. Girl, oh, so <laughs> what is it like? I got to ask as someone who as, I was one of those asshole kids that was super resistant to brushing my teeth, and even now, like uh, yeah, no, I'm almost so fucking <laughs> triggered by it. Yeah, I got to wonder if it's even worse in a dental house. Uh, to yeah. get inspected afterwards, <laughs> like hold oh, on. Yeah, when I was, yeah, when I was when I was younger, yeah, for sure. Uh, there oh was, man. They had the little tablets that you could chew to like, yeah. like leave the, the dye on your teeth when you. Like, you know what's <laughs> funny? That's the only time I enjoyed brushing my teeth because I, when my when we had those tablets, because I'd be like, "Ah, huh, cool!" Like it was a it was an activity I could add into. It. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Either that or just kind of like you didn't brush for three yeah. minutes. It was like, <laughs> but yeah, no, that it was it was rough um, in that respect. So it wasn't uh, wasn't the, the family same time, I never well, no, no, yeah, that was not really something I wanted to go into. Um, but the funny thing is, is that it uh, it does cut down on my dental, uh, or did for the long time. I never needed dental insurance. That's nice. Until until they both like stopped working. So. Yeah. <laughs> I have profusely but, needed dental insurance because I was so resistant to it. <laughs> yeah, I, it actually. The funny thing was, I didn't have a problem until after high school. So yeah. I guess it worked. Yeah, see, while you were living <laughs> no, with them. No, we got, like, like fillings and <laughs> yeah. all kinds of stuff going on. That's like, funny. Ah. <laughs> uh, do you have right. Do you have early memories of your brother being born, or was that way too early? No, I remember it. Um, not like, it's kind of fuzzy, but I still remember the first thing I ever did. Um, like, when I saw him in the hospital, um, like, my aunt was watching me while my dad went and, like, stayed with my mom in the hospital. Um and uh, I remember, like, he would, there, there must have been something going on because it was more than a couple days. Um, and so my dad would, like, bring me home a stuffed animal, like, from the hospital's gift shop, like, every day. Watch out, that third stuffed animal is going to be a baby. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, no, it was, like, the sixth one. But, yeah. But, like, <laughs> so finally I ended up being able to like, go, go visit him in the hospital. Um. And like the first thing he was like the fattest face, and so the first thing I did when I went up to him I was like, "Oh God!" I just pinched his cheek, like, <laughs> one, just, just pinched it. And like to this day, that's like still a family memory. I was like, "You pinched his cheek first thing you did when you saw him." That's really funny. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I vaguely remember it. Um, not too much detail, but yeah, stuff like that sticks out. Did that? Uh, usually, that goes one of two ways. Whether it was it a you guys didn't get along and cause he was the stupid younger brother or did you guys get we along? We didn't get along. We, I mean, it's kind of weird. We, we didn't get along for the longest time. Not like super bad, but just normal sibling stuff. Like, you know, he'd piss me off. Um, he'd like go out of his way to like bother me. And then like my mom would catch me reacting, you know? Yeah. So like it, it, it was, it was probably like, I was maybe like, seven or eight by the time she realized she was like she caught him for the first time because until then i would get punished for everything yeah caught him antagonizing you yeah, yeah she's she like and i like her, her like still remember that one too actually that was like a holy shit he wasn't kidding <laughs> like you really are 
antagonizing. I'm like, oh, it was great. The feeling of vindication at seven years old. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, I was like, oh, you know, but, That's funny. Um, but he, uh, you know, like we, we've gotten a lot, a lot closer. It works out now. Um, but yeah, it was, there's definitely the, the sibling rivalry, sibling, yeah, yeah. um, friction, I guess you could say, <laughs> you know, but like at the same time, like I'd still stick up for him in school and stuff like that. So it wasn't like I hated his guts. Yeah. yeah. Um, but still like protect him and whatnot. Like when he started riding the bus and <laughs> whatnot, all that good stuff, but. Yeah, my brother um, did get me out of a fight once, but that's just because people knew who he was, so they didn't fuck with me. <laughs> that's, that's fair. Yeah, it does. It does help. Yeah, it, it <laughs> didn't. It didn't hurt that like um, the school like bully or the tr- pr- like the worst kid in like you know the one that you, that you always had one um, in elementary school, anyways. At least like that one that like no one's parents wanted you to hang out with or anything like that. Were you that? Uh, no, no, no. I was friends with him though. Oh, okay. <laughs> and he lived like he lived just down the street from us. So like, that's funny. It, it, it paid off. Like we'd hang out. Like we didn't like we weren't like best friends or anything. But like, yeah. I could definitely like be like, hey, bud. Yeah, we got to go take care of something. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it, it, that didn't hurt. That's funny. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I definitely like. You know, he pissed me off, so I pinned him down and drilled on his face a couple times. Oh yeah, I've been there. I've been, I've been in the loogie pin before. I, I I know what it's like. Um, it's just something brothers do, I guess. Yeah. What's uh What's the household like other than that? You get along with your parents fine, or? Um. Well, they're divorced. Uh, have been since I was in high school, so it's not anything new or anything. Oh wow. Uh, they're both remarried. Have yeah. been for ages. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, I I get along. I love my mom. I love my dad. We get along okay. Um. Uh, they both do things that piss me off <laughs> as, as parents do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my dad, uh, when he got remarried, he became born again. So, Oh yeah. So that <laughs> now I get the, now I get the Jesus texts yeah. and stuff like that. Um, but you know, that's, that's his thing. He, he doesn't like force it on me. It's just, it's there. Yeah. I get it. Um, yeah. <laughs> mom's a little, mom's a little more understanding of, uh, my preferences where religion and, whatnot uh comes in but they're uh not neither one of them is really cool with uh, my political stance <laughs> i shouldn't say not cool with it but uh <laughs> they definitely don't agree yeah um, yeah so i mean like we we have our differences but i mean you could say it's well adjusted yeah uh you know, were you was their divorce like a messy thing for you guys growing up um it wasn't messy no it was actually about as clean as you could get that's good um how you said you're in high school? How old were you? Uh, I was in tenth grade. Okay. Yeah, so I, like I, I I understood it. Like I could tell. Like it started, you know, a few years beforehand. Like I like like I remember getting up one day for school and like had to get a safety pin because it had the the split in the seam of my jeans down at the the ankle. So I was like pinning it back together. So I had to go get a pin out of the um, spare bedroom. Uh, saw my dad sleeping in there. I'm like, oh, this is good. <laughs> yeah, you're you're <laughs> at that age. Kind of, where you... kind of like, you understand. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, something ain't right. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. When so, you said safety pin at 16, I immediately was like, I had a lot of safety pins at 16. They were on my backpack because I was, I was punk rock as fuck. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they had them because uh, you know you, you let you, you buy the pants too long. Oh yeah, uh, you wear off the bottoms. You, you don't you don't hem them. You don't do nothing like that. Yeah. And then uh, if, if they get you, sometimes you cut them a little bit just to make them wider at the bottom, and then yeah. it splits all the way up the side because you stepped on it wrong. And uh, then you got to pin them for the next uh, while because you ain't getting new jeans anytime soon. A lot of a lot of memories flooding back right now. Oh yeah, the nineties were awesome. Oh boy. Um. <laughs> Especially because you had to get the Jenko jeans yeah. and the stovepipes and whatnot. Yeah, you know, so anyway, <laughs> so school's good. I, I mean, home life's, home life's good. I mean, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't bad. You know, um, no, nothing crazy. Yeah. Like, I didn't have a, I mean, some, some of the dumb shit I got up to, you'd think that, like, I had awful parents, but no, no, fairly normal. Yeah. You know? Not like I, I wasn't spoiled or anything, but like I never had a tough time. That's good. So what? Yeah, it's uh, like pretty pretty standard upbringing, I guess. Like the the average like middle class American upbringing. Yeah. Played soccer. <laughs> you know, before it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone's posing now. Um, yeah. <laughs> what's uh, what's the household like after your parents' divorce? Like, did every did you guys sell the house? Did one of them move out? Uh, no, dad moved out. Okay. Mom got the house. Still there. Um, um, but yeah, dad moved out. Saw him, um, every other, like stayed over his place every other weekend. Yeah. You know, um, at one point, oddly enough, he actually lived in the subdivision across the, um, across the 24 mile from us. So like, Oh, that's funny. At a certain point, like we could just ride our bikes over there. Yeah. I mean, like wherever you like, ended I, up at I, the I, end I of the had day. A car, but my brother would like ride his bike over there, and so it didn't really, didn't really matter. Yeah. Um, but, That's nice know, for you guys, though. At least you know it's not some crazy. It, it worked out. Long it was it was a little a little weird in a way, but it worked out. Yeah. yeah. How long before they get remarried? Each one. Um. Yeah. Jesus. Um. <laughs> I was twenty one when my mom got remarried. Okay, so quite a few years. Yeah, um, my dad got remarried. I want to say, Jesus, uh, twenty, nineteen, or twenty. So right around the same time, but yeah. Um, did you? I mean, you said both your parents went to U of D. Did you have like any pressure to go to college right out of high school? Yeah, um, for sure. Uh, the whole, uh, not not necessarily to do anything specific. Not like just like, oh, you should go to you know go into dentistry yeah. uh, or anything like that. They, they, like they knew from early on, that was not going to be exactly what I was getting into. Um, but um, definitely to like go to college, get a degree in, you know, whatever I wanted to. Yeah. Um, well, but, what did that end up being? What did you go to college? Oh, uh, I went to Oakland, but I only went for like two years and then uh, didn't really pan out. I decided to go through my uh, hellion phase at around, 18 to 23 so oh yeah i, I think i made it uh 18 to almost 30 <laughs> so. oh yeah oh don't get me wrong it's still not quite over <laughs> yeah but uh, uh definitely uh and then uh like i went uh you know 18 to 20 i went to college uh did a full course load went to ou um were you didn't living have at home still during that uh part of it okay. um moved out when i was 19 uh, got an apartment in, in Warren, actually, uh, with, a, with a friend um, that I worked with. Um, 
and that's kind of like right, where I kind of stopped going to school all the time. Yeah, uh, I can relate. Yeah. Um, so like I, there was one semester I just like I just gave up at like not even halfway through. <laughs> I was just gonna, like, I'm not going it like whatever. Yeah. Like not. Yeah, I was working full time too, so it was just like burning the candle at every which end, and uh, like the job was making me money and getting me, uh, you know, able to afford some of the stuff I wanted to do. And school yeah. was just a pain in the ass, so I stopped going. And I, I mean, I didn't have a focus anyway. Like I'd had, uh, I got through got through two years and probably had like two gen ed requirements done, like. <laughs> I never took a math class. There was all like liberal arts and like all art classes and uh, like history and yeah. You know, it was it was funny. I remember going back to talk to a counselor. Um, probably, oh geez, seven eight years ago. Um, just kind of trying to turn things around and uh, decided to go back and like see like what my like options were like yeah. what kind of credits I had and whatnot. I remember talking to the counselor. She's like, so you got like. 20 credits of liberal arts <laughs> and like five i'm just kind of like yeah it sounds about right so these don't transfer do they like, no. <laughs> so i was kind of like ah great well uh you mentioned art is that something that you were always interested in or yeah um yeah i was always drawing when i was a kid like always um to the point where my mom actually bought one of those uh huge rolls of like paper that you just pull out and yeah. tear tear off like like in art class that's the dream and, yeah and so i had one of those i was just i was always drawing when i was a kid um you know back when uh we didn't have video games and yeah. computers and whatnot what uh i mean what what's life like in the hellion phase what what's the because like you said you you went to school for two years and kind of just stopped going to half of it i mean i i stopped going during the first semester i slowly whittled out of my classes like math english no but i kept going to my words to film class and then i didn't even finish that out yeah it's a <laughs> sounds sounds similar um you know moving out um met a few people kind of got into some of the harder stuff and was drinking pretty much all the time and uh managed to keep as a functioning alcoholic managed yeah. to keep my job it worked out. Same. Uh, <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> go home, you know, kill a fifth of Jameson with your buddy and whatever. Um, it's actually, it, it, funny story is that's actually how I got into scotch was uh, um, my roommate, like we when we had our falling out, like he was just drinking like a case of high life by himself, like all day he had lost his job and whatnot. So he was just there constantly. It was just like just beer cans everywhere. It was like to the point where it like actually just disgusted me. I'm just like, this yeah. is just like, I couldn't even smell beer for a while. Like just weren't cheap beer anyways. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's high life, 13 bucks a case. Hey, that's um, the champagne of beers. You said oh yeah. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I drank my share of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but there was definitely, uh, like a moment where I was like, ah, I can't. So I just started drinking Johnny Walker. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. I... <laughs> and that's how I got into scotch. I'll like, tell you, oh, man, scotch is, the, scotch is the one thing I miss in the realm of alcohol because I've been able to substitute out craft beer with, like, some really Yeah, I saw that you were uh, doing the, like, the, uh, the non-alcoholic craft beer yeah. thing. Yeah, I haven't drank in, I don't know, 13 months. 
Oh, nice, man. Congratulations. Thanks. But, yeah, no, I found, I mean, I have stouts. They just came out with a peanut butter stout. That's fucking awesome. And then... Yeah, stouts are always a tough one to match. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, scotch, I don't really care about liquor, but I I thoroughly enjoyed... Because scotch is also, like, I don't know if it's the same for you, but, like, especially if you get into it, then you learn, like, the different brands, and and then you can really pick out different flavors, and then you can relate it to a whole... Like fucking mood. Hey, how peedy? How peedy is this? <laughs> yeah, you sound like an it's, asshole. It's, it's so good. <laughs> exactly. It's it's a thinking man's dream. You know, yeah. like it's definitely you. You buy the ones you can't pronounce. Yeah. Lafroy. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I got. Uh, in a G. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah, that is yeah. one thing I miss for sure. Yeah, it's it's an experience. Like it's it's definitely not one of those things that, uh, you know, you you buy and like plow through yeah, yeah, it, oh, yeah. It's, it's definitely like anything else it's it's almost just like drink to drinking it to get drunk basically yeah. but with scotch it's actually it's kind of like good coffee or you know yeah you've got to stretch it or, out like good, good tea yeah you like you, you literally only pour yourself like two three fingers tops yeah <laughs> i digress um <laughs> <laughs> just to branch off while we're talking about artistry and drawing you obviously have a quite a mural on your arms when did when yeah, did you yeah. when did you get your first tattoo uh when i was 18 what did it symbolize uh, uh getting on and <laughs> <laughs> it, it does it did mean something at the time i was going through like a eastern philosophy phase okay uh, well not really a phase i guess because it's still like rings true for the most part but uh it was into like a lot of Taoists type stuff so yeah. i got um cheesy as it is uh the symbols for the fundamental elements of Taoism on my shoulder just little kanji bullshit um you know so dismissive of yourself <laughs> well i mean like at least i don't regret it but yeah, like exactly. ultimately like it's it's still there but it's just that little guy yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're still there but like yeah that was the first one um and you know that was like hurt more than i thought it was going to <laughs> even on, like and I, I remember, like, I remember, like, almost getting lightheaded uh, when I got it, and then, like, looking back at some of the other stuff. Yeah, I and I was like, like and then what? You want? And then you wanted a sleeve? What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I um, got the Star Wars ones on my forearms. I uh, got the one on my sh- or the snake on my arm. The sleeves didn't come into being until I was in my late twenties, actually. Okay. Um, so, you know, I had a. It was more like a little uh, cartoon guys, that one, a uh, band around my forearm. Did you draw any of your own? Um, I designed the band and the one on my wrist. Okay. Uh, my girlfriend at the time, when I was 20, um, these were characters she drew, um, and I just liked them. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, not like other than that like it's all taken from other places or you know other I'm curious what the as someone that has no tattoos and I always like I'm that person like well maybe this one one day and then I like what's the what's the draw for you Um hard to say I'm pretty sure I'm thinking I I'm pretty sure I got addicted to it to be honest <laughs> yeah. with you um like it was um Honestly, it was partly like the art thing. I like enjoyed um, there being like something new. Yeah. 
kind of like kind of like for me even to look at it, just be like oh hey that's right i got this <laughs> like even to this day like every once in a while i'll have like a weird dream where i'll like have like a new tattoo i'm like oh yeah i got that and then i wake up and I'm like fuck i didn't get that <laughs> <laughs> um but um it's uh part of the experience like I, I guess it's become like kind of like an experience that i enjoy and that like i can always take with me you know like like it's something that I can spend my money on that I enjoy looking at that I like, I didn't waste. It's always going to be with me. Yeah, sure. You know, like, like, sure. I could, you know, it's like, yeah, I bought a $200 bottle of scotch before <laughs> that, that was gone. You know, I don't have it anymore. It's just I mean, filled I, with I, highlighter I actually, water with the black light in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I still have the bottle because it was, a you know, Johnny Walker blue label. I had to get yeah. it because it was, you know, it was blue. And it came in a nice box with a silk wrapping and everything. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yes, but, I mean, but that's gone. Yeah. Yeah, but like the tattoos are always going to be with me. And kind of representation they, they, of permanence to a degree? Uh, that and also kind of how I think. Um, I mean, the majority of them are all based off of Japanese artwork and um, that kind of uh, aesthetic has always appealed to me and that kind of going back into like the Eastern philosophy kind of thing. Like yeah. it's, it's kind of, I mean, they're more colorful. Like most people think of tattoos and they think of like people with sleeves on the head, like, you know, it's all black or like prison type stuff. Um, you know, and realistically my sleeves are actually like probably a combination of four paintings four Japanese watercolor paintings. Yeah. You know, just patched in different spots. It's funny. You're, so, you're technically going to be episode 44, but within the previous four episodes, this is the third time that Taoism has been talked about. Oh, it's <laughs> so that, It's interesting how all that... Just go with the flow, man. ...came to me, yeah. and uh, Quite literally. <laughs> well, and then you mentioned, like, essentially addicting to tattoos, and the previous two people that talked about that are both recovery from addiction of multiple things oh yeah it's, yeah it, it goes hand in hand <laughs> <laughs> so what's uh, i mean on that note coming out of the what did you say like 23 when when something changed or oh uh, well i went to jail <laughs> that'll, that'll do it <laughs> uh, yeah i got a i got a dui when i was 21 um did my probation and everything that was a relatively minor like could have happened to anyone kind of yeah yeah thing um and then got a second one when i was 23 uh that one was a little more serious um no accident no one's hurt or anything like yeah. that but uh i got pulled over on uh 75 going south after coming back from a <laughs> it's, it's kind of a funny story actually i was working at whole foods in uh bloomfield okay i was living in waterford and living by myself and like I was having like this on and off thing with this girl and like we got into this, like this argument or whatever. And, um, so I decided like late at night, one night and I was just like, fuck, I'm just going to go to Ann Arbor to see my ex. <laughs> so like, uh, did that ended up staying over there. Like it was actually kind of a fun night and whatnot yeah. to be, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, but then like, I, I like stayed, like stayed late and then I called off work the next day and then, um, there was a, my friends were having a, a party in Pontiac that it was a Saturday, that Saturday night. And so like I drive back from Ann Arbor 
and I'm, you know, like I just continued to like drink throughout the day uh, after I got home, and then, you know, bought a fifth of Jack, went up to uh, the party in Pontiac. Already not a good idea. Uh, <laughs> and um, the girl I was having the fight with, like, she comes, she's like coming to the party, and she brings this dude, and so like it just like I proceeded to like slam most of the fifth with my buddy, and like. On the way back from Pontiac to like even got in my car and drove home like should not even have left yeah, yeah. never should have never should have gotten on the road like I was, I was a been there yeah um and I <laughs> it gets worse though uh, so I'm driving um from Pontiac to Waterford it's it's a ten minute drive tops yeah yeah you know to to my apartment and all of a, like I got tunnel vision and all of a sudden I'm in fucking Milford. <laughs> Oh shit! <laughs> so I was just driving on fifty nine, like, and I'm sometimes like, "Where? What is going on?" Um, turn around. Actually, like, got home, but I couldn't find my phone. And this is like before smartphones, really. Like, I, it was my uh, fucking Motorola Razor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, um, but I, like, I got home and I like, couldn't find it, and so I started to, like freak out about not having any contact with like. You know, people I wanted to talk to because I've really messed up at that point. And uh, tried looking in my car, couldn't find it. So I decided I was going to drive. Uh, the, gr- the girl I was in the fight with, um, she, had, she had a key to my apartment. She had stopped by, left me a note on the table. I was just going to like, you fucking asshole, blah, blah, blah. Because I, w- I went off on her. Yeah. And she was like, don't fucking talk to me if you see me. But I'm just kind of like, oh, shit. So at this point, like, I kind of sobered up a little bit. And I, like, I was like, oh, no, what what happened? Yeah. <laughs> what did I say? And so Not in a good place, though. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Uh, so I tried to drive down to see her. And uh, I got pulled over on the way there. Uh, blew a point two eight. And uh, Wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, the funny thing was my lawyer was trying to get... Um, it taken into account that I passed half the field sobriety tests. <laughs> so he was just kind of like, this is more of an issue that he didn't really, it's not like he went out and, you know, just like had no regard. He thought he was okay to drive at the, the time. The issue is his tolerance is too high. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It was, it was kind of like, it was funny. I got to R on the standing on one leg alphabet thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then put one foot down. I'm like, oh shit. And I started again, right from where I started. <laughs> and then, so it was kind of a it was a mess, but I ended up doing a year, um, wow, in county for that because uh, the judge just did didn't matter at all. She just gave me the max, um, and that's when things kind of changed a little <laughs> yeah. bit. Yeah, I wasn't quite as reckless after that. Still, still somewhat. But that's crazy that you got much. you got a year for your second DUI. Oh yeah, there's a guy doing three months on his fifth. Yeah, I was gonna <laughs> say was that's that's nuts. Yeah, the, that the judge stuff did that, not like you. <laughs> no, not at all. I mean, it was Bloomfield. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. crazy. So you're in there for a year. I mean, what's what's that like? <laughs> Awful. Yeah. <laughs> um, you can I mean, it, it it's it's really shitty. Yeah. Um, it's kind of it's kind of funny because when people say like during this quarantine people are like i feel like i'm in jail it's kind of like no you fucking don't <laughs> shut your goddamn mouth yeah i would never you have say no that. idea <laughs> i've talked um, to enough people that have been to jail and prison i would never say that. yeah exactly it's kind of like no you don't get you can say whatever you want about yeah. it. it's uh, i mean it, it it changes your thinking for sure it's definitely led to uh 
my view of police being different uh, because I mean, like I've met, I've met good cops. Like I've had cops that have like literally like driven me home. Yeah. Like they see me like walking down the side of this road and like, you're all right. And it's kind of like, I'm drunk. I'm going home. Yeah. I'm about to give you a ride. It's like, all right, cool. Like, <laughs> like cool. Um, but I've also seen like, like something about Oakland County sheriffs. <laughs> like they, they get off on like just exercising their authority. Yeah. Um, and especially in, in jail, like, like you don't have any, you know, like you can't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> you have no recourse. To, you can't argue with them. Like, um, so, you know, like you get a lot of people, a lot of sheriffs, especially in the jail that like just enjoy that kind of like authority. Yeah. yeah. It, there's, there's a whole lot of the, like, I got beaten up in high school. I'm going to do something about it. Yeah. Yeah. Then there's, there's, there's like guys that are just there for their retirement and they're fine. They, they, like, they don't care what you do as long as you're quiet or, you know, <laughs> they'll let, they let you stay up, uh, let you stay up late on Saturday to watch SNL, uh, <laughs> stuff like that. But then like the younger ones are like by the book and then they make up weird rules. Like that whole like slapping cards, uh, one playing spades things like yeah. it gets to the point where like some of them will make you put down a blanket so that when people slap it it doesn't make a bunch of noise. Like, oh wow it's wild but i did learn how to play cards well that works yeah <laughs> so what uh i gotta ask then because that goes on your record as a felony or no no actually it was a high court misdemeanor oh, okay so still that, no felonies that doesn't impact uh like job applications and stuff then right no okay well that's good yeah. i mean that's a positive I mean, <laughs> yeah it uh, makes it a little easier a little easier so what uh what's life like post jail uh actually pretty good aside from the fact that i don't have a driver's well that that's the that's the biggest thing about it like jail kind of stuck with me but like my driver's license got revoked like not like put on hold like i have to go and apply to get it yeah and in order to do so i have to go through like a panel at the secretary of state like a board has to like hear my case basically and it's, it's a fucking nightmare um which is oddly like at first it was you know not a big deal because i wasn't really doing much yeah. <laughs> i didn't have a job at the time um but like these days it's kind of a pain in the ass because like i can't like you know, there's been jobs that I like wanted to get, but it was too far away, and like I, it's kind of it makes life difficult. Um, but so other have than, you done that at all? Done the like in front of the no, I, I started to. Uh, that being said, like anytime I'd feel uh, like a like a good time to go for it, I'd end up doing something stupid, <laughs> and then it was just like, yeah, maybe you shouldn't have a license right now, yeah. uh, or like actually got into legal trouble like there's no way they're going to give you one right now yeah <laughs> so like I, i've looked into it and stuff i'm probably going to try this year um but it's it's just one of those things that i've become like so fearful of like it not working out yeah they're like i put it off i'm just like oh, i just don't end up getting to it um well even if they say no though you're allowed to apply again right later well, yeah but you have to wait a year yeah, but so, like, if you put it in that perspective, well, you could have done it like 14 times by now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's <laughs> it's ridiculous. Like, I don't, I don't do it. And my reasoning is like, what's going to happen? You're not going to get your license. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing's going to change. Yeah. Ah. 
So it's um, it's kind of uh, it's kind of just me being an idiot. Did they? Uh, uh, did you have to do any alcohol program? Oh yeah. Uh, not not actually after jail because she maxed me out. Yeah. So like there was nothing. Like there was no probation after I got out. It was just kind of like she threw the book at me. But then like. She's like, oh yeah, so you're gonna instead of do that, she's like she could have given me like six months and then two years of probation, yeah, or whatever. If she really wanted to like teach me a lesson, or you know, turn make like help me turn out better or whatever. Yes. Um, instead, she's you know here deal with uh, your jail and then uh, then you're on your own. So like, it's, it's, fucked up. Uh, but yeah, there like other other times I've been through various inpatient or not inpatient outpatient recovery um aa uh, that's its own brand of weird uh but yeah i i didn't find i like i like a lot of the tenets of aa i'm not a religious person though so obviously like yeah. right at the beginning i'm a little resistant um, yeah yeah that, that's for sure one of the yeah but like the other steps i'm a big fan of <laughs> Yeah, no, that like the, the steps is like if you just look at it as like, a, hey, this is probably a good way to like just take an inventory of your own yeah. self in general. Yeah. Um, regardless of if it's alcohol related, like, are you a dickhead? Like, cool, you can apply all these steps to that too. <laughs> um, not being an extremely um, social person, yeah, didn't really uh, didn't really like meetings and sharing with strangers. And I know that like, well, you, they become your friends. It's kind of like uh, some sort of, but you know, it's. <laughs> It's not like I'm going to hang out with my friends. Yeah. It's like oh, I got to go to a meeting and get this piece of paper signed. And um, I don't know. I grew up in a house where, especially with my brother, and then like people in school, where I felt like anything I gave up was fuel for them to throw back at me. So I'm always like that. It's risky to me mm -hmm. <laughs> put yourself in that position. I've had to like get over that and become more of a vulnerable person just to function normally, but. Uh, it's, it, it definitely it's, makes it's something like thing. that difficult. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was definitely the uh, the religion um, was kind of the sticking point. It was definitely it was kind of like I'd, I've never really I've never been a you know a god person. Yeah. You know, like the most I've ever prayed was when I was a kid, and it was for something I wanted. <laughs> You know, like a toy or some dumb shit. Isn't that funny that that's what we're taught? Like... Yeah, exactly. It's like Santa. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You know, we can draw a pretty uh, good parallel there. It was it was that and um, the having a sponsor thing. Like, I get the reason that people want you to have a sponsor, but it's also like, it's like, you know, you, like it's asking a stranger to like be your confidant. Yeah. And you're gonna tell tell, tell them everything's gonna like no like I don't want to like I don't want to tell the people I'm related to everything let alone you know this person I see twice a week yeah so it just it just didn't work for me as a person like I get it if it works for some people cool all the better if it keeps them from drinking and, and getting into trouble yeah um, but I think it's it's used as um, it's such a crutch for a lot of people that like. They forget how to walk on their own. Like, you know, you'll meet people in there that are like, there's like, if I didn't go to a meeting every day, I'd be drinking. It's kind of like, that's the reason. The yeah. only reason you don't drink is because you go to a meeting every day or yeah. three of them a day. It's kind of like, then, like, what are you doing? Like, how do you have a job? What are you doing in society? Like, if you go to so many meetings, like, if it's keeping you from drinking, cool. But, like, I don't, it's almost like. Yeah, you got to you know, wonder if you're, you're giving it, you're giving up so much of yeah. your life 
in order to stay sober. You got to wonder if they're addressing the underlying issue. If it's like three meetings a day. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's like replacing a drug with any other drug. Yeah. Um, on the, on that note of, uh, I don't know. So, sobriety and getting into trouble. How's, where are you at on that scale over the next like 10 years? Oh, not, not bad. Uh, <laughs> I, I've, I've gotten in, into spots, um, but it's not like a regular occasion. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a, it's not a daily ritual or anything like that anymore. Um, it's not bad. Actually, I'd, like I'll, uh, I'll drink like once a week. I might have a beer, yeah. you know, more often, but like if I, like I'll, it, like in terms of like going, well, not so much going out anymore or whatever, you know, but yeah. like if there's a night where I'll, where I'll have a few, it's like once a week. Yeah, you know, it, it doesn't interfere with my job anymore. <laughs> Thank you, Best Buy. <laughs> what is what is that? Oh, that's why I got I mean, fired. Oh. <laughs> um, well, sort of. I uh, we had a an Apple meeting um, in Ann Arbor um, in like oct October. It was like right before Halloween. Oh, this past uh, year. No, no, in, oh, 2016, like, 20, in 2016, I think. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, it was uh, like we both had to go, and we decided that instead of getting up ass early and like, and I, since I needed to ride, we'd, uh, we'd get a hotel, stay the night there, and then just have like a five minute drive to the to the um, venue. Nice. Um, <laughs> but that also meant that we we got some booze and like got wasted. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot and of then, good uh, breweries in Ann Arbor. <laughs> well, no, we didn't even. We didn't even leave the hotel. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, I just got fucked up the night before and then, like, didn't really sleep all that well and was still messed up in the morning uh, to the point that when we got to the, the meeting, like, I was still fucked up and uh, tried to sit, like, sat through the, the little initial, initial BS that they have. And then we broke off into the groups and, like, we went to the Apple group. I'm like, it just all kind of, like, hit me. I was like, I can't sit in here. So, like, I went out. Went outside and sat down and fell asleep like near the pool, like in a chair, just because I was so fucked up. And then they like they found me, woke me up at like eleven thirty, <laughs> and uh, they had Jake drive me home. And then because it was like a regional thing, I got back and gotcha. It, it was viewed as being fucked up on the job, so which I was. But... That sucks. <laughs> well, the messed up part was that like. Like I still like I'm still working in this in in the store, like for another three or four weeks. <laughs> oh like, wow! Well, 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 like corporate HR decided what to do, and then they had a phone call. Like, took me forever to talk with the the lady from HR. Then I did the interview, and then like that that day it was decided. So it was like I spent three weeks of like working, like before Thanksgiving. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like are they just like weaning this out so that they don't lose a person in computers <laughs> through right before fucking Black Friday. But then they let me go, and it was like, uh, I, the funny thing was, I felt fucking relieved. Yeah. Actually, I, it was like, <laughs> I think the raise I got was like 11 cents. And I was like, no. Yeah. Not not if you want me to start training people in computers, and Ross has given me all this BS yeah. about how I'm supposed to be like a leader on the team because I've been there forever. And it's kind of like, dude, I make less than the kid that just came over here from the front end. Yeah. Like, Nick Struby made 12 bucks when he... <laughs> when, and he moved over to departments. It was like, you gotta be shitting me. This doesn't like make me want to do any better. Yeah, it's crazy what you realize when you get out of there and find out like, 
how underpaid and underappreciated all of the employees in retail are. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Like I'm still in retail, but like at least I get paid decently and like yeah. recognition from my you know boss and whatnot. Yeah. So it's uh yeah, anyway. <laughs> it, yeah, no, I I mean I could talk about I could I could talk bad about Best Buy for a long time. <laughs> yeah, I think we both could. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you, you definitely more so. But <laughs> but I mean, bringing us more current. Are you, have you been working during this quarantine? Yeah, you said no, you're still uh, doing retail, so I didn't know. I got friends that are they've been out for. <laughs> no, I, uh, I I went back uh, into the grocery business. Um, so yeah, I've been working throughout the whole thing. Oh, that'll do it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, so like I've I've got a decent amount of responsibility. Like the managers and the owners and stuff, they know me. They they know like they can ask me stuff to do and what whatnot. Um, but you know, like realistically, like you know, I'm not getting like performance reviews, you know, and all this kind of. I don't have to do any of that, like the paperwork BS. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of like, kind of like I'm making like so much more for doing like relatively little. You know, in compare in comparison, um, how's it how's it been? And I'm curious what your where your take on this is, coming from like a mom and pop store as opposed to like a corporate run store. Uh, yeah. Like, I think the the one thing that's come out of this whole quarantine that's hopefully going to end up being good is like we recognize the people we depend on, <laughs> right? Uh, and you know like oh, yeah. when when essential workers yeah <laughs> and i like to think that that'll be a starting point for like raising wages and benefits for the people in those roles but i <laughs> i can also see i didn't because i haven't thought about like from the mom and pop stores if that's right. as realistically possible financially as it is for like you know a fucking kroger well in, in all honesty like this place is like it's probably making more money than the Kroger is. That's good. <laughs> uh, because like, and that, that's kind of the downside is like, you know, you, you get like, I, I've never had, like I said, I've never had a review, but like my manager wants to like, like sometimes it'll just be like, Hey, I uh, put something on your paycheck um, for, for next week, blah, blah, blah. You've been doing a good job. Like I've never had an actual review sit down yeah. like, Here's, like asking for a raise, I just spontaneously get them. <laughs> that works. You know, like, I'm just like, all right, cool. Um, how uh, other than work, how's it going in all this? <laughs> like, how? What, um, what are your coping skills for for the quarantine? I've been uh, playing a lot of guitar. <laughs> That's productive. Um, well, like, like I, I mean, I've been playing for twenty some years, but like. Like I'll, I would usually like go through, like of course like I'd go through phases of like playing a lot and practicing yeah. a lot, um, and recently I hadn't been like playing too much, um, and so like all this extra time I've kind of gotten into um, like just actual practicing and like working on certain skills and getting better at stuff um, that I like never really tried to yeah. before. So it's kind of like, oh, like, oh, crap, I can do that. Like, I don't know why I didn't try this earlier. Yeah. Um, so that's been kind of like a, a something that, like, gets me up every morning. Yeah, um, I always say I'm going to try doing scales, and then I never actually do. Um. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, um, watching videos on YouTube of, like, actual instruction and, like, lessons and stuff. I'm like, oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, that's... I'm actually, like, 
I'm getting I'm getting better at this. This is amazing. I love how that feels. Yeah, that's awesome. There's a, I think I have. I, so I, I'm the same way, and it's funny because I always get pissed off because people kind of like relate me to playing music which is fine i enjoy doing it but then yeah. i feel guilty when i like don't play my fucking guitar for a month and i'm just like i don't know i just don't fucking feel like playing my guitar um, <laughs> and so yeah i've been playing more during this too not in any sort of disciplined fashion but at least just more but i have i have i don't know if you have this too but it kind of follows the same thing you just said i have like a couple songs that i go back to like maybe once a year and i'm like oh i can play this part now i couldn't play this part before <laughs> oh yeah no for sure there's actually uh I don't know if you're familiar with Mastodon. I um, know who they are. I couldn't uh, tell so you one song. <laughs> no, that's fair. They've been a like one of my favorite bands. Seen them a bunch of times live, and oh, like I used to know like bits and pieces of some of their songs. Yeah, uh, but it was always like the easy kind of chuggy parts. So then, like recently, I actually started um, getting. Uh, it's like I just started like buying all their tab books. And like, and just going through and be like, oh, so that's how they do it. And like, turns out a lot of it's really effing weird. So like, you can almost not even like try to figure yeah. it out just by listening because it's two guitars, yeah. open G tuning, and then no, it's, it's you know it's it's D standard, and then they tune like drop C and then drop A sometimes. Yeah, fuck that noise. Um, but other than that, <laughs> but other than that, like they'll do like a lot of like unison uh, bands and notes and like just ringing stuff. And so it's like, and with two guitars playing different they're like they're not just like harmonizing with each other sometimes they're playing like legitimately different things that work yeah but it's like like there's songs that sound like they're playing like a power chord and it's no it's two guys playing different notes and it's so it's it's crazy Do you ever but, find like, it unsatisfying because then you're trying to play it but you only have your one guitar <laughs> um sometimes yeah well on that note <laughs> <laughs> Um, no pun intended. Yeah, is there uh, is there anything else that I missed that you wanted to talk about? I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I mean, there's I'm sure we could get into a long long diatribe about politics and whatnot, but yeah, it's probably, I, probably, probably not worth it. <laughs> I try to keep it off of the podcast as much as possible. Lately, obviously, that's almost fucking impossible because it uh you know because we politicize things like equal rights and shit so yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah crazy huh but yeah no i i mean i think we're on the same page with a lot of stuff <laughs> most likely yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's just a rabbit hole that you don't really need to go down yeah well <laughs> i will say uh and I, I was gonna mention this in the intro or outro of this episode since you brought it up but this will definitely be out before the election and the sheriff is an elected position. So everybody check your ballots. Oh yes, <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, man, I, I appreciate you talking to me and, and yeah, tell me your story. I'm glad yeah. I know more than just best buy information about you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, thankfully that's not all there is to me. Yeah. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> but hopefully we will uh, see each other in person at some point in the distant future when, <laughs> when all right. this is over right sounds good all right man i'll talk to you later i'd like that yeah take it easy justin <laughs> yeah so i'm here i'm joined again with a friend of the podcast jenny helms uh clinical <laughs> marriage and family therapist out of wichita which i for some reason immediately think of the movie twister every time i say wichita <laughs> do you because they go they go to wichita right. and then there's some argument over is there a place called wakita too 
There's a there's Wakini. Is that what it is? I no, don't. something different. Oh. <laughs> there's an uh, there's an argument I think over the pronunciation of Wichita. I don't. Oh, know. that's funny. <laughs> so yeah, I always think of the movie <laughs> Twister, but that's not what we're here to talk about today. <laughs> um, you uh, have gracefully uh, allowed us to ask you a bunch of questions from the listeners, and I wanted to kind of get into those. The first couple questions are very topical as far as you know, kids being half in school, half out of school, parents having to be mm-hmm. teachers right now. Um, Stephanie writes, I'm curious if your therapist, not my therapist, how dare you, but <laughs> I'm curious, <laughs> I'm curious if she has any suggestions for helping kids struggling with anxiety right now. As a mom and a teacher, I want to help my kids process these big emotions, which are sometimes masked as anger, sadness, etc. And I feel mm-hmm. like that's probably... Uh, universal for a lot of parents right now and teachers yeah sounds like she's a parent and a teacher which I can't imagine being that person right now yeah no I think I think there's a lot of different roles that parents are having to take on right now and first things first it's definitely not going to be a perfect process Um, so I think that parents having a lot of grace for themselves and making sure I mean I know that this seems like it's not related but it's 100% related where the way you deal with your anxiety matters too. And the way that you're dealing even with your anxiety about your kids' anxiety, right? Like sometimes even with the best intentions, our anxiety can kind of lead us to, you know, worry, over worry about kids or or want to take certain things away from them or that sort of thing. So first things first, learning how to deal with our emotions and our anxiety is going to be incredibly important like feel and deal with them in a way that's that's healthy um because kids definitely pick up on that it's not do as i say it's really they inherit what we do and how we embody different emotions and so no pressure parents um (laughs) definitely (laughs) no pressure there and i I don't mean that to be like a a weird thing like i think it's all you know if we can start with us it's always going to be really helpful for kiddos long term now in the short term Learning different ways of, there's this concept called naming to tame, tame emotions, and they use it specifically like with emotion coaching and kids, where if you can help your kid figure out what they're feeling, so when they're acting out and they're frustrated or when they're doing different things, if you can like, you know, even looking at them and saying, I can see that you're feeling angry. Is that right? Are you feeling angry? Like yeah. helping them even learn how to name different emotions weirdly helps them in that in the in the ability to process them um because kids often don't like they just kind of they are what they are and they don't often know how to name an emotion yeah and so when a parent's able to do that and do it in a way that's not like just stop doing what you're doing or getting angry or reactive at them if they're able to just kind of slow things down and say hey i see you're feeling this way Now, I know sometimes in the moments you have to set certain boundaries, but if you don't, you know, again, slowing things down and and, and really letting that kid be seen and holding space for them to process what they're feeling. I see you're feeling this, you know, like, tell me more about this feeling, which again, sounds weird. It sounds like like you're going to actually encourage your kid to act out more or have more anxiety, but really at the end of the day, they learn to name it and they learn how to talk through it and, um, and sit with a regulated adult, which is always going to help their nervous systems 
learn how to regulate in that moment too. Would it be? But the minute like we become reactive and our nervous yeah. system's triggered by the fact that they are triggered, um, then the kiddo actually ends up feeling more anxious, more misunderstood, more upset. So it's really, I mean, it's, I, I, well, I imagine, first of all, it's probably super frustrating for a child to not really understand the way they're feeling in the moment that they're yeah. feeling that way. Um, yeah. But then you kind of, you hit something that, that I have a past and not with myself, because I'm not a parent, but like growing up, having that reactive parent. Um, and I'm at, yeah, I, it, I imagine it's more of a challenge for parents to be able to take pause in that moment and like address that with their child than just react to what their child is doing. Um, yeah. I yeah. might be projecting on that answer, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I imagine that's a challenge just like being able to, um, you know, take yourself out of the situation and just address that with your child. Like, how are you feeling instead of being like, I don't know, maybe you're already stressed out because you're homeschooling and you're working and then you want to just yell like, stop screaming or something at the kid. On the same note of children, uh, this is, I feel like this is a powerful question and I wonder how many parents ask this. And it's funny talking about kid questions because I don't have kids. So I don't, like I can only relate to them on a certain level. But uh, Michelle asks, I'd like to know something along the lines of the best way to empower my daughter give her a voice and build her self-esteem mm. which I think mm -hmm. probably every parent wants for their kid I'd like to think um, yes but maybe she has like a I don't know a distant or distracted or I don't know where that's coming from personally but any advice <laughs> yeah I feel like it's so interesting because these are amazing questions and I'm always a person that wants to understand more context because I can give a general answer, but every person's context of what's what specifically is a thing that might be unintentionally disempowering that kiddo yeah. um, is going to be different. And I would say generally speaking, when we're talking about different things that help kiddos build self-worth and self-esteem, it's going to include things like helping them learn about what they value and in determining what is a mission or a purpose for them in their lives. Yeah. When I think about kids, sometimes I ask them like, you know, tell me about like superheroes you admire or tell me about like characters or celebrities or, or get interested in the shows they're interested in. Because typically with the people they admire and think are doing really cool, positive things in the world, there's values that come with that, like character traits they have that are admirable, that they really admire and are often wanting to embody yeah. themselves. And so taking an interest in that and getting to know your kiddo or teen, like their interest, why it interests them so much, like, and, and from a genuinely like curious, like, I want to learn about you and the things you care about yeah. kind of perspective. Um, and helping them learn too, like even if you're not embodying those values currently, this is something that you're working towards and like that I believe is more in alignment with their true self if they were able to get out of their own way in other ways. So like when I talk about parts work, I think there's these different parts of us that keep us from being how we want to be in the world. And kids often associate that with like, this is just who I am. Like I'm bad. I'm this like broken, damaged thing yeah. but they don't realize that they're actually more like the things that they care about and the things that they value and really it's the trauma and the other different like there's context to why 
they may not be living the way they want to. Um, so I think that's one aspect. The other aspect is helping kids learn how to develop boundaries and to say no and develop a voice. <laughs> and also it means that as a parent, you've got to honor and, and respect their advocacy because the more that you react when they are advocating for themselves or when they are setting boundaries, the less likely they will set boundaries or advocate for themselves. And it doesn't mean you have to agree or that they're, you know, if they have a ridiculous boundary, that's not actually healthy that, you know, again, there needs to be some structure around that for you, but, um, can you, but helping them go ahead. Can you give an example of what like a boundary might be for a child? Like, I mean, like a child, I think given the age I know of most of these people, let's say like a, a preteen child <laughs> and, mm -hmm. and what that would look like, uh, both good and bad from a parent either respecting or not respecting that boundary? Yeah. So I even have a teenage kiddo that she just likes to have some time to decompress and just, you know, her ability to communicate that yeah. her ability to say, Hey, I just need 20. It's not me isolating in my room. Like I just need 20 minutes to just decompress. It's a boundary she sets with her her family. We've had to talk about it in family sessions and what that looks like. And, you know, it's not feasible all the time, but for the most part that she's able to get that 20 minutes of downtime for herself. Another boundary she's had to set is there are times she feels like people will speak up over her and interrupt her during conversation. And that happens a lot. And so we've talked about how she can say things like, Hey, if you keep on interrupting me, I'm not going to have this conversation with you any longer. And I know that sounds so simple and silly, but like that has been empowering to her because before she would just let people interrupt her. And she's like, I guess I just don't have anything good to say. Yeah. Right. That was like her, her, her thought. And, um, and that's not true. It's just that she wasn't advocating for herself. So people, you know, again, I think even good people can, you know, end up overriding things when they don't have, a boundary set or they just don't even realize that they're doing it yeah well, there you go yeah and that, that's uh i feel like that probably if you if you are continually interrupting uh, anybody really but like especially a developing child at a time when they're asking you not to be um that probably does just decrease their self-worth and self-value and uh just yeah like you said make them feel like they don't have anything important to say the, ram yeah. the ramifications. Um, but okay, well, thank you for answering a couple questions. And next week, we'll, we'll answer some more. And if you guys want to follow Jenny, you can follow her at Jenny and Helms on TikTok or Twitter. And no, Twitter? I don't know. Are you on Twitter? <laughs> I am, but oh. I'm not an active user on Twitter. Yeah, me either. I have a friend request yeah. pod account on every social media, and I never post on Twitter ever. Um, but Instagram, wherever, check her out. She's got all sorts of advice. Some of the stuff we covered today, I've seen in some of your TikToks and stuff, and I'm sure you get some of the same questions. So thank you, and we'll talk to you next week. All right, you just listened to my interview with Alex and some Q&A with Jenny Helms. Again, you can follow her at Jenny Ann Helms on uh, TikTok, Instagram, maybe Facebook. Um, and she's all over the place. So you can search her out and you can follow us at friend request pod. 
at uh, Instagram and Facebook and TikTok, technically. I think there's one video on there. Get excited. Is anyone else TikTok? Am I too old for this? I, can't, I, I, have, I have a lot of insecurities about that. And submit your listener questions. at. Um, you can either message me at friendrequestpod on Facebook or Instagram, or you can just email the show directly, justinsfriendrequest at gmail.com. I look forward to talking to you guys more, and thank you for listening. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. I love you. Goodbye.